Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On My Black Packers Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, review on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. You can hit me up, MikeWall68, on Twitter or Process to Perform on Instagram. Process to Perform is a uh, is our channel on YouTube. Like I said, please keep keep sending the uh, the comments, keep sending the hitting, hitting the like buttons. Look at all that good stuff. We're going to talk Packers-Falcons today, but first, our, our, our show is sponsored by BetOnline AG. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, esports, golf, soccer, football, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting to your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit Bet online where the game starts. Now, week two, the Packers opened up uh, point and a half favorites in this uh, Atlanta Falcons matchup. There's a lot of things going on here. This is very interesting. Both teams are actually quite similar. Obviously, uh, head coach Arthur Smith and Matt LaFour were coached on the same staff in in Tennessee under Mike Vrabel. I think Matt was the offensive coordinator. And then, of course, the tight ends coach uh, was the position for Arthur Smith. They've obviously moved on to, to bigger and better things. I want to start off with what I thought was the best the best thing of the week, honestly. Uh, and this is no shot on Wisconsin people because this – so Wisconsin, if you look at the top 10 uh, – I forgot how this looked, but if it's the top 10 amount of money, like cities and amount of money that they spend on uh, cocktails or alcohol as a percentage of the income. Like seven of the top 10 places are in Wisconsin, which is – Honestly, fantastic, right? That's why so many people love Green Bay. That's why so many people love Wisconsin. There's a bar on every corner. It's a it's a good place to have a good time. So there's a bar in, in Wisconsin that said, if, if Aaron Rodgers starts again, the Jets lose. Everybody probably knows this already, but hey, drinks for everybody. Oh, it's open bar night. So as soon as Rodgers goes down, everybody starts piling up their bar tabs, saying it's going to be on the house. Jets pull out the game in overtime. A lot of sad faces. I'm not happy that it happened. I'm not happy about any of it. It was just pretty funny. The Packers are coming off a dominant 38-20 win over the Bears. Jordan Love passes for three touchdowns in the first half. Aaron Jones, by far the best player on offense, though. You talk about he has two he has two touchdowns. He has two, 127 total yards to the ground and uh, on the ground and through the air. Kind of the bigger news, I think, when you start looking at the stats, though, you break things down a little bit more and you watch the tape. The Packers only averaged a shade under three yards a carry. Right, AJ Dillon in particular, terrible outing. Not necessarily his fault, as we showed in the, in the last show. Thirteen carries, nineteen yards. Like that's a losing day by any metric, right? I know AJ's not happy with that. Certainly, he had a couple of good runs, but when you watch how the how the Bears defense got into our backfield, a lot of missed assignments or a lot of bad angles, and a lot of that has to do with instead of running double teams, you're doing some pin and pull stuff. You're, you're down blocking. You're trying to get to seven level, second level and use leverage box, which is something they'll have to do against a good Atlanta defense this week who gives you multiple fronts, multiple looks. So that's something that they're really going to have to clean up if they want to get um, want 
when you're able to propel into the whatever the next phase of this Packers offense looks like. The defense, I thought, played excellent. The talent really started to play up to the potential as, as, as far as what we think they can be with, you know, I think eight first-round picks on that defense. Um, DJ Moore had two catches for 25 yards going largely up against Jenner and company uh, in the backfield. Slowed down the running game. I mean, really, if you look at the Bears' running game last week, we're just doing a quick recap. They really only had 63 yards rushing if you take away field scrambles, right? Like, and a lot of those were like non-design scrambles. Those are, you know, drop back in the pocket. Oh, oh, hell, Rashawn Gary. Oh, Ed Gavari. Oh, Kenny Clark are coming at me. I got to get out of the way. Um, so really only 63 yards on the ground when you talk about running backs. Uh, but going back to DJ Moore, going back to what we thought we were going to see with that, I think that's a big deal because – this week the Falcons are coming in town, and we'll show this on the on the tape. We're going to show a little bit later. They came in uh, taking down the Panthers, twenty-four to ten. Good match, good win for them. Panthers obviously have a, multiple issues just from a talent standpoint. Um, they're not necessarily where they need to be. I don't think the Falcons, when you look at the Packers, just from a talent standpoint, are necessarily where, where they want to be. I think they're looking. They want to be the Packers in a year and a half. But Arthur Smith clearly has a clear. Uh, idea and he's indicated how he wants to play offensive defense what the culture of that team's going to be i think what's important is their first round pick this year drake uh drake london from uh, first round pick at S not a guy he didn't have a single catch and so they're probably thinking amongst other things that we're going to get this guy going we're going to get kyle pitts going kyle pitts had two catches for 37 yards or something like that not not a big impact in the game a lot of that has to do with how they play. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback. A lot of that has to do with pass protection we'll get into later. But if if Atlanta's sitting there and thinking, oh, we're going to get this Drake London kid going, and now he has to go play against Jerry Alexander. Like, I've, I've 100% bought in on Jerry Alexander. Like, anything that he wants to do, if he wants to dance, if he wants to talk trash, if he, whatever he, if he wants to, you know, get extra, extra attention to himself, wants to wear cool sunglasses, I don't, he's, he's, he's that guy. He's really that good. He's that kind of player. Even in games where like Terry McClellan beat him pretty bad in the Redskins or the uh, Commanders game uh, last season, he just bounces back and has another phenomenal week the next week. So he's just one of those guys where I just don't think Drake Logan's going to be able to turn this game around um, against that defense. Now, when you start looking at that that offense for for Atlanta Falcons, we'll go we'll go through some of the tape on this stuff, but. You know, Desmond Ritter was efficient, if nothing else. I mean, he's 15 for 18. He's got like, you know, 115 yards. He's got a touchdown, no picks. It's It, it was a very, very, very boring game to watch through the air. He's running for his life a lot. Um, there's a lot of things he had to do because of the Brian Burns and company uh, pass rush. Some guys on their offensive line um, are, are candidates to get beat really bad this weekend. I'm talking about both their tackles in particular. And Chris Lindstrom, who has been – you know, for my money, one of the best guards of the league the last two seasons. Derek Brown of the Carolina Panthers beat him pretty bad on a number of plays. He got two holding calls, and I think he gave up a sack or a half sack. Um, Kenny Clark's a lot better than Derek Brown right now. And, you know, Derek Brown's a good player. But if, again, you just start looking at these matchups, like Brian Burns and Rashawn Gary are, are similar to me. So when Brian Burns is destroying Caleb McGarry, destroying – um uh, Jake Matthews, you know, Jake Matthews probably had a worse game than McGarry. It's just Jake Matthews gets beat so bad early that the quarterback can get rid of the ball. It's like Vinny Testaverde told me, told me one time, he's like 41 years old. He's playing for Carolina. He says, he says, Mike, lose them early so I can see him coming. If you lose them late, I can't get out of the way. Right. So it was kind of one of those deals where he got beat bad a couple times. 
it's just not going to show up in the stats to be as bad as Caleb McGarry, but it, they were both bad on bad. Rashad Gary is every bit the same problem. You look at Lucas Van Ness and just the power rushes with the way that Caleb Gary will show it on tape, the way that he turns in his stance and his set, it's going to cause major, major issues uh, for the pocket integrity of the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. So I'm super excited about kind of breaking some of this tape down and seeing what the, what these guys are going to be capable of talking about from the Panthers, the Panthers defensive perspective, the, the Falcons do have a tip. What could turn out to be one of the best one, two tandems at running back in football. Now, obviously we have Aaron Jones and AJ, AJ Dillon. These guys have uh, Tyler Algier, who was a fifth round pick from last year. Good player. And now they brought in B. John Robinson. We'll show this tape. B. John Robinson is a is a real deal different difference maker for the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be a problem against whoever they they come up against. And I got a bigger news. They averaged five yards per carry on the ground because these guys are so talented. They're going to run a lot of, of 12 and 21 personnel. They they kind of play. If you're an old school guy, you like the way they play football. It's just they're, they're not necessarily efficient at what they're doing, particularly from the play action and just drop back in. They run a lot of pistol. They run a lot of shotgun. Um, they just don't quite have that part figured out. So let's get into the tape a little bit. We're going to have a, uh, I think we're going to have a, a Falcons guest on the show later on. So I'll splice that in, but I want to just get to this tape. And I think when we look at the defense first, when we look at the Falcons defense, you want to keep them out of their base defense. I think that's the big thing. When you watch this team, when they're in their base defense, which is like our three, four, so they have, one of my favorite players of all time, Calais Campbell's there. Grady Jarrett, who's been one of the best defensive tackles in the league for a number of years. They brought in um, Bud Dupree, so, uh, and then they have Lorenzo Carter on the other side. Uh, Onyemata played very well yesterday, number ninety. You're gonna, you're gonna. He kind of jumps out on the screen of having some good plays. He came out of uh, New Orleans a couple of years ago, so they have some guys up front. But when you put them in that fourth, that that three four defense, they're a problem to run against. The Carolina's Pan Panthers offensive line, James Campen's. Uh, been coaching there for the last two seasons. They're a work in progress. They're not where they want to be, but they they had a lot of success against their nickel runs. They did not have a lot of success against this look right here. So when you get Grady in the middle, you got you got the big fella, Kilias Campbell. I mean, they just there is nowhere to run um, from a technical standpoint. It's very, very tough to defeat. It keeps their linebackers free. We want to keep them in nickel. And, and the main reason why is that you see their linebackers shoot gaps, man. And it's bad and so if you can just stay on your block there's a lot of meat on this bone you watch 44 here and he does this all the time you get two teams so if you're a nickel you can usually just run a simple double double play now we're going to run our, our pin and pulls we're going to do all this stuff but let's just keep this really easy if we want to get double teams and force those linebackers to make decisions early this is the way to do it as long as the tight end on the backside can cut off that backside uh, defensive end. Because 44, more than 55, really, we're talking about 44, Troy Anderson. He shoots his gap early, and they force this cutback. And sometimes the safety can get there, and sometimes they can't. And it's literally a coin flip. They give up a lot of big play yardage in the running game because these guys shoot gaps way too early. You see out of the pistol formation here, they get up, they get up quick. And like that doesn't look like much. That's a six-yard gain. Again, we're just filling at the linebacker position, which you love. You love what you're doing, but you know it's like this play right here. If you watch, this is the difference between. So right now we talk about Quay Walker. Man, we really like you to attack these guys a little bit better. 
But you watch 55 here, and if you just try to duck underneath and, and not take that center on, well, you're going to get pinned, and there's the hole. Like, this stuff's not rocket science, right? You got to hit people in the mouth. You can't try to kind of avoid them and try to skirt through a hole unless you know for a fact you're going to get there. These guys don't do a great job of that. That's where the big play opportunities are. See linebacker shoot again here. He just gets down, and then you can just see, like, we could anybody who's watching the show could run through the hole that's about to be created by Brady Christensen, number 70, number 70 and then obviously uh, Bozeman, their, their, their center here with the cutoff on the linebacker. Like, these are big plays. Anybody can do these plays in, in, against this nickel defense. Now, you have to have, whether it's Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, if you put the quarterback back there, whatever, you have to have a tight end that can cut off the backside. These guys do a pretty good job right here. And then actually just does a, a – number 80 does a fantastic job of filling on Troy Anderson. Again, you just get these plays where it's not hard. This isn't one of those games where the Packers are going to be like, we don't know how we're going to get to the second level. The second level is going to come to us. The second level is going to come to us. So stay on your doubles. Let them run into you. Make that part of the play. Because once you get – Grady Jarrett's a great player. He's not that big, right? He's like He doesn't weigh that much. So if you get some initial push on him, you can actually do some damage. But – Talking about defensive tackle matchups, Grady is a penetrator. He's not as big as Kenny. He's a better pass rusher. He has been historically, but he's a penetrator, and he just defeats guys and gets you. He gets running backs to have to make cuts early. Now, you'll see at the end of this play, he ends up getting put drive, driven to the ground, but the damage is already done. So this is one option that, that the Falcons, I think that we'll try probably see a little bit more. This is their nickel defense, okay? But they've just brought uh, Caden Ellis down to the line of scrimmage, and they're just they're playing a little bit more of like a 51 front here, right? And it's still an even look, but because you have Bud Dupree out there playing outside linebacker, and you got Troy Anderson playing back now, you still have all your gaps covered. It allows you to fill a safety down if you're going to go, you know, if you're going to play, you know, 12 personnel, or even if they want to sit in 11 personnel, and you want to, or excuse me, if we sit in 11 or if you sit in 12, you want to match with nickel. It allows them to to play with more guys closer to the line of scrimmage. I think they feel like if you get single blocks, particularly our defense, their defensive tackles versus uh, Josh Myers versus maybe JRJ, maybe versus Jenkins, I think they're probably going to feel like they like that matchup, you know, Clayus Campbell, Grady Jarrett, we can get them one-on-one -on -one situations. So I would imagine they're trying to get those guys singled up. That's going to free up those linebackers and, and make it so they don't need to force themselves. They don't have to feel like they force themselves into the A or B gap early. Safety comes down and makes the play here, but really the play is made by Grady. Now you see a couple different things you can do out of even the nickel look is you just do these quick TE games. And this is something that is a very, very easy way for defenses to shut down inside zone by running the TE game. It's also if you run double teams on the backside or if you run pin and pull stuff, this is a very easy way to take advantage of movement on offense. Okay, so defensively, this ends up working out. But Dupree comes inside and win so that's a very good way to play but you can also on the other side of that with all the pin and pull stuff that we do you know if they guess wrong those are big plays out the gate for aaron jones and company now one thing that we need to talk about as as uh proponents of, of the green bay packers this kid jesse bates can play football okay so in 2022 he had four picks eight passes defended had a forced fumble i think he had you know 70 some odd tackles 
He had two picks against Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter and Jordan Love, I don't think, are on the same level. I think Jordan Love's probably a better player at this stage. And I certainly think the offense that the Green Bay Packers run is more conducive to him being successful than Desmond Ritter's from a passing standpoint, not from a production standpoint, from a passing standpoint. Having said that, this is a sneaky, sneaky good play by Jesse Bates. They're playing too high safety. And he comes from the opposite hash. He started outside the opposite hash. And he's breaking on this ball before Ritter lets it go. So that's one pick. Now he's playing middle field. And the corner does a good job of pushing this guy inside a little bit too much. But he's just got a nose for the football right now. And usually in situations like this, when your safety is making plays, they start to come in bunches, right? So the Green Bay Packers have to do a really good job of identifying where Jesse Bates is this whole game. The one thing that the Falcons do when you watch their passing game, they give the middle of the field, like that intermediate passing game, space. What do the Packers love to do? They love to send Christian Watson deep. They love to send Romeo Dobbs on 15-yard dig routes. They, to, they like to run in-cut plays across the middle of the field. Whether you're talking about you know, the cover two bubbles on the outside of the field, whether you're talking about the middle of the field, the safeties play deep for the Atlanta Falcons. And if you can keep those linebackers, whether it's through play action, which we do a lot of, or or whether it's through uh, check down routes or smash routes, or excuse me, or, or check downs in front of the ball or on the sidelines, if you can keep those guys at bay, there is a ton of space to be had by the for the Atlanta Falcons secondary. Now, they'll run multiple coverages, you see they mix it up here as well, but there is space in this field because that safety is now playing 25 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And at least once, you know, you start talking about, you see plays on film when, when just to take you behind the curtain, when coaches start watching tape and they're prepping for the game plan, if they see a play like this, okay, where we've got the slot in motion, comes across the field, and he just runs a, a wheel route. Like, this is a route that every high school team has, right? But if they figure out, hey, we can probably get a middle linebacker matchup, and that middle linebacker is actually going to, if you watch again, the middle linebacker is actually going to chase towards the line of scrimmage our tight end, that could be Luke Musgrave, for example, and we can wheel rod on him. I mean, this is a this is an easy touchdown. They missed this play, right? Bryce Young just missed this play. This is an easy touch, okay? Especially if you got speed on the outside, whether it's a slot receiver, Jalen Reed, or Romeo Dobbs, whether it's Musgrave, you get a linebacker matchup against this guy, Caden uh, Ellis, versus one any one of the guys I just mentioned, or one of our running backs. This is a touchdown. This is a home run. So at least once we need to see this play. Obviously, Bryce Young, who's going to be a great player, ends up doing a scribble here. You got to ID the pressures. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, I wouldn't say, have a sexy pass rush as far as their defensive line. Calais Campbell, I mean, what a solid, what an, he's a solid player now. He's been an incredible player. He's not a pass rush specialist. Never really was, but he's certainly not now. Uh, Oyeman, uh, Onyemata, David Onyemata, uh, you know, not a pass rusher. Grady Jarrett can have success, but he's going to have success pressing the pocket. Um, 
it's going to be more of an effort sack than he's not going to like, he doesn't have a Warren Sapp chocolate club rip. He doesn't have a, a sp- he doesn't have something. You're just going, man, I don't know how I'm going to defeat that. Okay. But he is going to beat you with leverage and, and, and he's going to play through the whistle. Lorenzo Carter, Bud Dupree, um, Bud Dupree for me, when he, even when he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, he played for Tennessee the last couple of years. So I've, I've done a ton of tape on him. Like he's a good player, but he's not, you just don't sit there and go, man, I'm really worried about his pass rush. Okay. So they have to find ways to create, mismatches they have to find ways to overload and one thing that they found very effective this week and they'll probably start coming with it again is they do double a gaps uh, a gap pressures with the linebackers and if you don't id properly late in the game this hit home twice so you watch these the first one i believe 44 is coming here through the a gap and then they're going to bring a safety off the edge so we just run a quick easy pick stunt and it's like you can't pick this all up if your quarterback Young quarterback here, young quarterback for us, at least from an experience standpoint. If you're not ready for this, this does become an issue, right? So you need to be able to ID this. Can you throw hot if you stand in the pocket? The truth is on plays like this, they're very, very hard to pick up unless the center stops penetration early. You see 55s coming on this one. And again, if you're going to ask the back to do that and then the center has to redirect, this is just... One of those deals. And back in the day when I was playing, like Tampa would do this all the time. And they, or excuse me, Tampa would do it, but also Chicago was really best at this. Chicago, Erlacher and Briggs would stay in the A-gaps. And you just had to go like, all right, which one's coming? Nowadays, these teams will run it based on where the center points. So whatever the center points, whatever declaration they make, they have kind of an unwritten rule where if he points to the left, the right guy's coming. If they point to the right, the left guy's coming. And that can accompany with it you know, a slot pressure versus just running, you know, a three-man game on that side. And everybody just kind of knows what's happening. So it's a little bit more sophisticated than it used to be. Very difficult to pick up. Pick up. You can see here just in the freeze frame, you've got Clayus Campbell and 44 Troy Anderson coming free regardless of what happens in the inside. But we end up getting a big play here from, uh, from Lorenzo Carter. This on offense, now turning back, now, I think the focus is a lot of the talks going to be about how to stop B. John Robinson and Tyler Argier, and I think it should be. Um, this offensive line is not up to standard. Chris Lindstrom is going to have a bounce back game as far as technically he, he's not going to get two holding penalties again. But I, you know, Kenny Clark and that that matchup is something that you like. You certainly like Devontae Wyatt against Matthew Bergeron and Damian Drew uh, on the other side. T.J. Slayton against Damian Drew in the middle, um, and, and you you just you have to love. If Rashawn Gary can get 15 or 20 snaps this week, he's going to have two sacks. He's going to have a handful of pressures if he plays against Caleb McGarry, because, unless they give him a lot of help, which they ended up doing in the second half. But they get beat a lot. They're going to line up in a ton of 12. They might even call it 13. Kyle Pitts really is. A, Kyle Pitts is a mercurial talent, but he's not a tight end. If he puts his hand in the ground, it's to run around. If he gets in the slot, it's to run around. He's not. He cannot block. He does not want to block. He's not good at blocking. He is an incredible talent. But – they're going to line up at 12, 21 personnel. They play with a lot of fullback action, um, and they're going to try to establish the run. And they did some good things in the running game. They have some guys on that on that team, the right tackle, the right guy. They can run block, okay? Um, they brought in from uh, from New England, they brought in John Smith uh, uh, this season, and he is a he's a very, very talented player. Um, you, you, you put him with uh, John Fitzpatrick, uh, Macaulay Pruitt, and then obviously Kyle Pitts. Like they have a good tight end room. They use those guys to the full extent. And then obviously they'll bring in Keith Smith, who played for the San Francisco 49ers. So just is one of those use check tot fullbacks. Okay. 
But this is them in a nutshell. Like when you watch the game last week, it's kind of like if you're going to drop back, you go into 12 or 13 personnel, drop back. First of all, this is the first play of the game. And he's throwing this in cut. Both these guys are covered. When he's going to let this ball go right here, that's a pick. He's throwing an interception on the first play. Okay, my point to you is if you just play sound defense, the way that they structure some of their stuff, the ball's going to end up in your lap. Okay, just some of the some of their passing game stuff is very, very condensed. And maybe it's because they want Ritter to throw over the middle. I don't know. But it's very condensed and there's very, very small windows. And it's just like, just do your job here. You don't have to do anything special. This ball gets ends up getting batted up. I think he catches it instead of instead of just batting it down and takes a loss. Okay. Again, you see 85 and, and, and 81 Pruitt and, and John Smith in the game. This is not 13 personnel. Kyle Pitts is out in the slot here. We're going to match this. However, we match 12. Now, if we decide to match 12 in nickel, which, which the Carolina Panthers were happy to do for a number, a, a large part of the game, right? Because even at a nickel, if you feel like you can win your 1v1 matchups and you can put those guys in situations on the edge where their tight ends aren't going to be able to block our defensive ends, they're just not. They're just not good enough. Then I think you have a real opportunity to, to figure out how to deal with the Kyle Pitts issue because even though he's not a true tight end, he's really just a slot receiver, he is like he is a, he is a special, special athlete. See this play. I mean, this is the kind of stuff he's capable of. Double covered, comes underneath and makes the play. The guy's just special. Um, and they're gonna try to find ways to get him because he didn't touch that guy. That dude just fell down. I mean, he's got that kind of speed, threatening presence, size. Like that's a lot of man running uh right at you. And to be able to move like that puts some people in bad positions. Now, the reason the ball doesn't go to him, though, is what we're probably excited about as Packers fans. The reason is Brian Burns absolutely demolished the team in the first half until they, had, they threw reinforcements at him. And Brian Burns is one of my favorite players, right? I thought I thought when Brian Burns and Hassan Riddick were together, maybe you know arguably the best one-two tandem in the in the league, at least certainly in you know in the conversation. Rashawn Gary is every bit as good as Brian Burns. Now I don't, he's not going to get as many snaps, but you just see the way that number seventy-six McGarry sets. We talk about it all the time. You set like that, you're setting to lose. You're sitting with your chest to the sideline after two kicks. You are giving up. A, that's a slow death. And with the way that Rashawn Gary rushes, with the way that Lucas Van Ness rushes, with the way that Bari rushes, you know, any of our guys, long arm stab, open them up, right? Rip through. You can two arm press. Desmond Ritter is going to feel pressure, right? And, and if they throw a quick game, well, then we sit on quick game. But I'm just telling the audience, if you sit here and think that they can hold up against our pass rush over the long term, I just think that's going to be a really tough ask. You got a sack fumble here. A couple plays later, they try to run a quick toss. Now, I know we didn't like the quick toss with A.J. Dillon either, but you know this is poor footwork by McGarry. This is a tough ask. I'm not saying this is an easy block, but this is poor footwork. He doesn't have a great you know, body position in his stance, so he just gets – he gives up the hit. Now we look at inside with Derek Brown. 
he takes Lindstrom, who's one of the better guards in the league. He's a really good player. Had a tough game against this, this guy. I don't, I can't really tell why. But you also look at Burns here, who ends up getting the pressure and just absolutely manhandles McGarry because he sets back on his heels. He's trying to do something different. He's not comfortable with his body position. You know, body position, footwork, that wins games for offensive linemen. These guys don't necessarily do a very good job. Derek Brown ends up getting the sack here. When we look at Jake Matthews, I talked about it earlier. He sets a bunch of different ways. He's not very confident in, in his set. He, I don't know if he reacts very well. You know, Preston Smith, if he plays at a speed at the line of scrimmage, very, very sudden, with, plays with suddenness and doesn't just try to get upfield and turn into the bull, then I think he can have a lot of success against, against Jake. You see the, the bull here from Brian gets in the into the pocket. It's one of the few times that it took a long time to beat him. A lot of times it looked a little bit more like this. He cut out wide, right? Just goes inside, quick work. There's opportunities here. Even more, uh, even, even faster, just swipe inside and win. And sometimes, like I said, if you get beat early, you know, quarterback has a, has a time, has time to, uh, to make a decision, but there's a lot of plays when you look at the Atlanta Falcons last week, like they won, they won pretty big. I think it was 20, what did I say? 24 to 10, but there's opportunities to get to that quarterback, make it a problem. Here's the other side of it. These two guys are really good. Both these players are really good. And, and this offensive line led by Chris Lindstrom can run block and they can do it pretty well. They're winning their one V ones here. They're just running the old kick play that we talk about every week. Cornerback can't make the play on 25. You see Lindstrom here. You just see the speed that and the technique that he runs with. I want to back this up because you just have this a little bit of an appreciation moment. He's got great footwork. Look at the first step, gains ground, gains leverage, I should say. Squares the guy up, hands inside. It's a really, really good job downfield. And then you look at number seven, Bijan Robinson, and they'll put them both in the game at the same time because Bijan can do things like this. He's different. You know, you, you, you take a running back in the first round, you want to see different, he's different. He can do some special stuff. So love of this misdirection play. This is something that they'll try to feature again with us, especially if we get into our base defense. You see it here. Just a 3-4 a look. You're going to push everybody down, and they just do a redirect. And now you got this kid in speed, in space, excuse me, and you just look at the moves he's got. I mean, first guy ain't making the tackle, you know. Just not making the tackle. Now, one thing that helps because everybody does this, and we, we talk about it all the time. If you watch, I'll just back it up so you can see the circle again. If you watch the tight ends, they will tell you a story, okay? If you watch where the tight ends are lined up pre-snap, they will tell you a story. They'll tell you a story for the defensive end, tell you a story if you're sitting at home watching TV. In this position, the only thing that the backside tight end can do is try to work, work a cutoff because he's too far – or he's too close, I should say, in this hipped-off position to the tackle to go backside. He can't run split flow. He's too close to the tackle to run uh, like a outside zone. There's no reason to put him out, off the line of scrimmage because now you're on different levels. So you can kind of start diagnosing plays just by where that tight end works. And because they play with the tight end fullback so often, and they'll they'll even play with two tight ends in one case, they'll hip off one. There's a lot of stuff in here, and they have play action off of it. So I'm not saying this is like, you know, you know, finger painting, but it's pretty, you know, it's, it's like my, my friend, Rich Moran says, make it crayon. When you watch that guy, it's kind of crayon. If you see it, it's pretty simple. This is there's only a, a handful of things they can do. 
Having said that, this kid can run. He can just run. So they go into a, uh, they go 21 personnel. It's a true fullback. And you see Lindstrom here. And he's just got that speed. He's got that footwork. Now he squares up here. So Derek Brown actually gets back over the top and gets or under, underneath and gets a holding call. But you see what they're capable of as far as they feel very confident, I think, especially when you run to the right side. McGarry's a good run blocker. You know, generally speaking, if it's in line, if you're not going to move around, if you're not too wide, like if he doesn't have to really, you know, take some really precision footwork to get out there. I think they feel good about both those first round picks from 2019 getting it out in front. But it's go, it, the, the, the name of the game is this number seven. You know, how do we stop 25 and seven? You stop 25 and seven, this game is going to be a whole different ball of uh, yarn. You know, looking at the uh, the spread on this game, we got, you know, Packers, uh, the under the over-under is 40 and a half points, okay? So nobody thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game in Atlanta. I think it's a tough place to play. Um, they play hard. The Arthur Smith group plays. They play uh, sound football. Their defense was surprising last. Like their defenses, they show they feature a lot of different fronts. Like I said, they they bring some pressures. I think their linebackers become a weakness when they shoot the gaps at nickel, and I think we should take advantage of that. We'll see what happens. Um, the matchups that I'm really interested in looking at, I think one obviously we talked about it, Rashawn Gary versus uh, Caleb McGarry. I think that's a matchup that we should be thrilled about. Lindstrom versus uh, Clark and Wyatt. I mean, as, as good as Lipsham has been, really, really tough week for him last week. So if we're basing it on what have you done for me lately, I think that's an interesting matchup. But then the other really thing, the, the thing here is when they go that 13, it's really a 12 personnel. How are you going to match that up? Because Kyle Pitts is a problem. I don't know who you put against him. I mean, it's almost like, is this what you drafted Quay Walker for? So you could at least move him out and play maybe some sort of zone or man with help, you know, combo coverage. This guy's an issue. Like I kind of feel like you put Drake London and Jair Alexander, you just felt tell Jair, hey, let's just follow the rookie today. All right. You just shut down this kid and let's figure out how to, how to cover pits because he's bigger. He's faster. He's, he, he can just better. He's a better human than most people. And I don't know if we have a guy in the field that can cut like Darnell Savage physically just can't cover him. I don't think Rudy Ford can physically just cover him. I think Quay Walker could, but I don't know what that, I just don't know what that looks like if you try to man them up, right? Like, I don't know if, if Quay Walker's coverage skills are up to Kyle Pitts's receiving skills or route running skills. I don't think they're the same level. So I think how they cover that matchup, hopefully is, is, is kind of negated or nullified by the fact that we get to the quarterback too soon. But I know they're going to try to get that guy more involved. Certainly I would if I was them. He makes some spectacular catches. Um, Desmond Ritter is last in the league in yards per like air yards per pass. Um, and they've invested heavily in, in the skill positions. So you just think Arthur Smith has a vision for what he, what he wants to do. We think we know what that looks like. Do they have the line to give this kid time to actually make plays and against the Green Bay Packers? Like my simple answer is I don't think so. So I just think from a, sta a talent standpoint, we win this game. You know, the keys to the game for me are really simple. Don't turn the ball over. 
I think if you don't, if you just don't turn the ball over, you win this game. Because I just think talent wise, we are like our talent is better than their talent. You look at these key positions, the matchups that you like, they draft Drake London. We have Jerry Alexander. They have, they have, uh, you know, they have anybody you want, anybody on the offensive line. We have Rashawn Gary. We have Clay. Like our defensive line is better than their offensive line, especially now from a depth standpoint. Kyle Pitts is is kind of that X factor, but if you can focus and bracket coverage that guy, you know, you start thinking, you start feeling a lot better about yourself, certainly. But I think the pass rushers, like I said, are going to take care of it. And then on the other side of the, uh, the football, you know, when, when Jordan Love and company are on field, on the field, I don't think I think our offensive line is 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 good. I think Zach Thomas solidified that offensive line. It's it's going to only continue to get better. He's doing a phenomenal job. I think our offensive line is better than their, than their box players. You, they'll have to prove me wrong. I think as long as we keep them in nickel and make it simple, I think it's very easy. If you if you put them in base defense, if you, they force themselves into base, whether we were on twelve personnel or whatnot, which I don't think we would they would against our tight ends. But if they did. I think you got to feel pretty good about our pin and pull stuff. I got to feel pretty good about our outside game, and our and our and our uh, our, our power game or our our, uh, our man our man scheme, our power blocking. And then outside, whether Christian Watson is healthy or not, you know Jesse Bates is certainly a formidable opponent, and I think they have a lot of good players on defense. But because of the run game, because of Aaron Jones and what he brings, and how they have to think about that presence, it's going to open up some stuff now. We'll have to see how that all plays out. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but it is going to be a really, really exciting game. And because our defensive line should overwhelm their, their offensive line, I think for that reason that reason alone, if you keep the, the turnovers to a minimum, if we win the turnover battle, we win the game. Okay? So offensively, double teams, pin and pulls. Double teams, pin and pulls, because they are active inside. They do move a ton, and they and we want to run nickel runs as often as possible. But against base, especially double teams, spin and pulls. Make Ritter pass. Make him drop back. If they want to stay in pistol all day, let him stay in pistol all day. Like pistol is worse than under center for me because of what the effect it has on the linebackers. Um, I think if you and then win the turnover battle, you do those three things. Golden Grams. All right. So I hope that I hope that's a, a good preview for you guys. Listen, if you're enjoying, subscribe, rate, and review. Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter, MikeWall68. Any questions you have uh, about this game or anything else that's going on in the National Football League. There's a couple good games this weekend. This is what's starting off. I shoot this on Thursday, so starting off tonight. We got the Eagles over the Vikings by seven. I think it was six and a half uh, as the last time I checked. I take that for sure. Tennessee Chargers. Chargers probably have a bounce back game. They're favored by three. The Texans Colts game is going to feature CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. That I, even if you don't think those teams are going to do very well, that's a game you want to watch because those two players are going to be special for sure. Detroit Seattle, if, if you know, if they just the, the Seattle Seahawks just had to put the right tackle on PUP, so he's out for four games. The left tackle, if he comes back, I feel a lot be- a lot better about that game. Certainly, I think Detroit's favored by six there. Chicago Tampa, who cares? Uh, Vegas Bills, honestly, who cares? Chiefs-Jaguars, great game. Chiefs by three, going to Jacksonville. Doug Peterson, can Dougie P get it done there? Um, they actually lost their left tackle, and their left tackle, their, their backup looks pretty good. I, I was excited when I watched their offensive line a couple of days ago. And everybody says they they weren't good last year, and they're not that good this year. And I don't know how good they are, but I just like the way they play technically. I like their offense. I think Dougie P's doing a great job with that quarterback. So that should be a good game. Baltimore-Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by three and a half. 
I think Cincinnati wins this game big, honestly. I just remember Baltimore getting smoked by Miami Dolphins last year, and not too much has changed from a defensive perspective um, from a personnel standpoint. And I, you know, Baltimore can certainly get after the quarterback. Uh, but as we saw last week watching that team versus the Texans, it's not like they manufacture a lot of pressure by themselves. Roquan Smith is the key to that defense. Patrick Queen is the key to that defense. If Roquan and Patrick aren't part of the play, I don't know how good their defense is. So that should be a fun game to watch. Arizona, who cares? Over the, you know, under they're going to lose to the Giants. Niners, Rams. Niners should win that game pretty handily. They're favored by eight. Jets, Cowboys. Ah, this new look Jets, man. This is going to be a tough game for the for the Jets. I think they fall back to earth, unfortunately, with the Aaron Rodgers injury. Commanders, Broncos. Let's all be ready to root for the Commanders. They're, they're favored to lose here by three and a half. Let's root for the Commanders just so uh, we can keep talking about uh, Danger Russ Wilson. And then Miami, New England, man. That should be a great game. It's at New England, favored by two Miami Dolphins. But what a fun game to watch. Two Monday night football games this weekend. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. That's going to be a monster game. I think Cleveland's for real. Honestly, their offensive and defensive line are some of the best in football. If uh, Deshaun Watson can regain any form right there, they're going to be incredibly uh, dangerous in, in that AFC North. And then New Orleans, Carolina. New Orleans is a good football team. They're going to surprise a lot of people. David Carr's a, or Derek Carr's a good quarterback. You know, he's a good quarterback. Carolina Panthers have a lot to figure out. You, if you if you watch this Atlanta Falcons tape, they got a lot they need to figure out. But they do have some dogs on their on their team. Derek Brown and and, and Brian Bird certainly are great great players. They have some good guys. Iki Aquando, that left tackle, is he's still playing with talent over technique, but he is super talented. Losing DJ Moore was a big deal. Bryce Young's going to be a great player. They just don't have the horses to really to keep up with a good team. So I don't think they're going to beat the Saints even at home. But wait and see, man. That's part of football. Listen. Again, hit me up with questions, anything you guys want to know about this show. Michael 68 on Twitter. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com goals 24. That's Chime.com goals 24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.